want to be famous. Yo, what's going on everybody? It's your boy DeVille D.I. and you're tuned in to another episode of Growing Up DeVille, the series where I let y'all into my life and tell y'all about different experiences that I had growing up. If you're new to the podcast, then you want to go back and start at the beginning because I've talked about everything from growing up in North Carolina, moving to Ohio. I talk about the first time I was called the N-word. I talk about the time I got beat up by a girl. I talk, I've covered so much territory. So this is going to be the season finale. I may have said that the last one was the season finale, but that's the beauty of running your own show. You can switch things and pretty much do whatever you want to. So today is the season finale, and I decided to wrap up Growing Up to Ville Season 1 by recapping some stories that I missed along the way, some things that I forgot. While I was on vacation recently, when I was out in California, my sister came out, and we was drinking and talking and telling stories, and she reminded me of a few stories that I I, I skipped over. So I'm going I'm, to I'm give those to you today. You know, so if the episode runs a little too long for your taste, you can always subscribe to the podcast on whatever service you're listening to and come back and continue to listen on, man. So first story, right? I grew up in, first and foremost, I grew up in a house full of women. My mom, my two sisters who were both older than me. I was a lion in the pride. I was the, now that I think about it, most situations that I've been in, except when I was staying with my brother, um, yeah, I've been the only man in the house. So, that's why we entitled this estrogen overload, but either way. So my my sister, this story involves my oldest sister, my big sister, who has always been the nicest, most caring person in the world. Now, she's way older than me. So like, when I got to the part of life where I could actually start having memories, she was getting ready to leave the house. So I don't remember a lot about her growing up until a certain point, but I remember this one. So. Being that she wasn't around a lot because my sister started working when she was like 15, 16 years old. She worked at this place in Shelby, North Carolina called the Substation. The Substation, man, it's, it's not even like a knockoff. Or so I don't even know what Subway was around yet. But Substation, man, they had some delicious food. You know, the salads was great. The, uh, they had these, sandwich, these pita sandwiches. I remember those pita sandwiches, man. But that's neither here nor there. So like I was saying, she worked a lot. She worked and she went to school and she had her social life. She could drive and all that type of stuff. So she wasn't really around a lot. So one day my curiosity gets the best of me and I decide I'm going to go ramble in my big sister's room. So I go in there. I'm digging around because she always had the coolest stuff. She had the Gucci purses. She had the herringbone necklaces and had this cool class ring that I used to love. But I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. So I go in there and I'm rambling through her closet. And I find two things that piqued my interest. One was a um, a can of spray paint. And the other was some juice that she had hid in her closet. Now, 
immediately I decided I'm going to partake in these delicious juices that my sister has in her closet. Why? Because like I said, she was the nicest person in the world. And I figured she wouldn't mind if I had some of her juice. So I cracked one of them open and I get to drinking it. Now the spray paint intrigued me because I had never seen spray paint before in my life. So I was like, man, spray, I mean, spray paint, like, how do they get paint in the can? I shook the can. I didn't hear anything. So I'm laughing. I'm like, she got gypped. There's no paint in this can. So I decided to spray it in the air just to see if any uh, paint comes out. So I spray it. Psh, I see nothing. Uh, she got gypped. Around this time, I, I decided, you know, I had finished my beverage. And I decided I was going to partake in another one. So I crack open another one. And I'm playing with this can. And I'm just, you know, tapping it. Psh, psh, Every so often while I'm digging through stuff, I just psh, psh, not paying it any type of attention. Now, eventually I realized that I have drunk the whole four pack of juice that my sister had in her junk, in her closet. And around the same time, my mother, I guess, decides that I've been gone too long and I've been too quiet. You know how parents are. When a kid gets too quiet, you got to go looking for him. So she decides to come looking for me. Finds me in my uh, sister's room. She's talking to me and realizes something's not right. So she's asking me, am I okay? Do I feel okay? Do I feel sick? I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. And she's like, what did you, get? let me smell your breath. And I blow my breath. She's like, what did you get into? And I was like, you know, I just had some of the juice Kim had in her closet. Come to find out, that wasn't no damn juice. These was wine coolers. That my mother had bought my sister for graduation. I don't know why she thought it was a good idea to buy the uh, 18-year-old some wine coolers. But this was the 80s. Parents did stuff like that. I had drunk in a whole four-pack of wine coolers. And I had to be like six or seven years old. And I had spray-painted the whole damn room. The closet, the clothes, the uh, walls, mattresses. I spray. I gave her a whole new decorating, decor to her bedroom man and she came home and she was hot she was hot but she forgave me because that's my big sister and she loves me to death <laughs> yeah man so let's move on to the next story so this next story involves my other sister who is closer than age to is closer in age to me so for some reason god chose to gift me with some luxurious eyelashes Right, all my life I've heard about my eyelashes, my eyelashes. I wish I had your eyelashes. So I'm a little boy, and I had these super long eyelashes that all the ladies thought was so cute. But my sister took exception to this. She didn't like those eyelashes. She was jealous of those eyelashes. So one day, me and her was hanging out, and I should have knew something was wrong for the simple fact of she never hung out with me. So this day, she decides she's going to hang out with me, and we're kicking it. And somehow, somebody said something about my eyelashes and that I had girl eyelashes, and that offended me. I didn't like saying nobody saying I had girl eyelashes. So, of course, my sister comes up with a, a great solution. She's going to cut my eyelashes, so then I won't have girl eyelashes anymore. Really, she was trying to cut my eyelashes because the envy is the green-eyed monster made her just want to get rid of my eyelashes. So, I let her do it. She cut my eyelashes off, and they were, like, short and stubby. 
Once again, mom comes home and she looks at me and she's like, boy, what the hell you did you do to yourself? And I'm like, oh, I didn't do nothing. She did it. She cut my eyelashes. Well, why did you let her cut your eyelashes? Because she said I had girl eyelashes and she was going to cut them to make them look like boy eyelashes. My eyelashes was real long and curly, man. So mom goes off, man. My sister gets in trouble and everything. And, and <laughs> I never, needless to say, I never let her cut my eyelashes again. But I did that time. Yeah, man, that was that was something else. Now, we're going to go. I got a couple more stories I'm going to share with you before I get out of here. But first, take a second and listen to this message about my sponsors, and then we'll get right back into it. So now, <clears throat> this next story involves both of my sisters. One day, we were home alone. Um, and at this time, my sister, my older sister was pregnant. And so she was like taking a nap, I think. So my other sister decides she's going to fix us some corn dogs. I love corn dogs, by the way, to this day. To this day! Like that boy, uh, why I just say, I love some corn. I'm sorry if I blasted y'all ears, man. I apologize. But I love me some damn corn dogs. So I go outside and I'm playing in the yard or whatnot. And. I see my sister come out and she runs by me and says something and walks off. I'm not paying her any attention. I'm just out there playing, doing my thing. So, for some reason, I think I was thirsty or something because it's North Carolina, so it gets pretty hot. So, I decide I'm going to go into the house. I go and I open the door and I'm just smacked in the face by a big puff of smoke. There is my whole house is filled with smoke. So I'm a little kid. I panic. I'm like, oh, snap. What do I do now? What do I do? What do I do? And my first instinct is to go to the neighbor's house. Go get a neighbor or somebody to call, you know, fire department. Then I realize my sister is in there. And she hasn't come out. And I don't know why she hasn't come out. You know, so... I rush in, and I'm hit in the face by the smoke. I'm coughing. I can't breathe, and I realize I'm not going to make it to my sister. So I go back outside, and I'm just thinking to myself, I can't leave my sister, and I can't leave my sister. And then I remember all those smoky, uh, the bear commercials, all of those things that we was taught in school and on Sesame Street and all that. You know, stop, drop, and roll. And go do what? Go under the smoke, get low. So I got down low, under the smoke, made my way, which worked perfectly, by the way. Made my way to my sister's room. Get up, get up, get up. The house is on fire. So she gets up. You know, she don't know what's going on. She's panicking. So we go, um, we go outside and then... My sister goes back in because, you know, she's she's older. So she's she realizes that there's not a real fire going on. So she goes in, goes to the kitchen. Boom. My sister left the damn corn dogs in there and left. The corn dogs have burnt the hell up, filled the whole house with smoke. But that's the day that I saved my big sister's life. Or at least I like to think that I saved my big sister's life. Y'all can hate it if you want to. I saved her life that day. 
Thanks. And she was um she was pregnant with my oldest nephew. You guys are welcome very much, you know, that I saved you guys' life that day. You know, I don't need any presents or anything, but they will be accepted. So, <clears throat> move right along. This story is just about me. The first time I tried my hand at flirting, right? I was a little guy. I think I was like five because I had just gotten my first bike with no training wheels, which I taught myself how to ride after busting my chin multiple times and so on and so forth. But either way, I ride this bike around our neighborhood. And one day, I'm riding, past, riding down the street that I, uh, a couple streets over, I'm riding down the street. I see this little girl in the yard. And I'm like, it's kind of like we locked eyes. We was in love from that moment, or at least in my head, we were. I was in love. So I spent the whole rest of that day riding up and down that street. And every time I see her, you know, I ride my bike by real fast, you know, trying to impress her. Or I might ride by without my with no hands, you know what I mean? Try to do a catwalk. We didn't call them willies back then. We called them catwalking. Do a catwalk on my bike. You know, trying to get her attention. So, it wasn't working. And I decided I was going to get, get, write her a note. Because this was, this is, like I say, the 80s. There's no Facebook, no Instagram. There's no Snapchat. There's no none of that. So, the only way that I can talk to her is either I got to just go in the yard and start talking to her. Or... I got to write her a note because me and one of my friends had stopped. We stopped by one time. We were passing by and we kind of talked to her and, you know, when my friend talked to her, I just stood there like a dummy. But, you know, and find out that, that you know, that was her grandparents' house and she was going to be there for, I think, like for the summer or something like that. And so I wanted to talk to her again by myself. But I didn't have the nerve to, nerve to, so I went home and I wrote a note, wrote a letter, put it in an envelope. Uh, I went and found, <laughs> I wanted it to be fancy, so I went and found like a shoestring, but not a regular shoestring, like one of those corded, braided shoestrings, and tied it around the note like they in the movies, how they had like the ribbons tied around the note. I tied a little uh, shoestring around the note. And I said, I'm going to go drop this on the porch. So that's what I did. I rolled back by. And now the first time I was getting ready to do it, I rolled by. I stopped and I was walking up there. And her granddad came outside. So I just kind of looked around at the ground like I was looking for something. Got back on my bike and rolled off. So then, you know, I go circle the block. A few minutes later, I come back down the the uh, the block and the grandfather's still outside. So I'm like, look, old dude, you're interfering with my destiny. You need to go in the house. That's what I'm thinking. So I ride back back that by that time, and I rode by several more times, and then boom, the opportunity came. Nobody was outside. So I stopped my bike, jumped off, snuck up there real quick. I don't know why when when kids do stuff, they try to sneak up like me tiptoeing and walking real slow is going to keep anybody from noticing I'm walking in the yard. But in my kid luggage, log, 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 remix, 
logic, it made perfectly good sense. No, I'm not going to edit that out. Why would I do that? So I walk up there. I dropped a note, and I think I knocked on the door. Ran full speed back to my bike, jumped on my bike, and pedaled off as fast as I could. Now, what I didn't think about was how was I going to get the response from the note? Because she didn't know me from a can of beans. She didn't know where I lived or anything like that. So how was I going to get the note back? So the only way that I can get a response is what? I got to ride back past the house to see what's going on. So I do that. I come out. I waited till like the next day. I avoided that street the whole rest of the day. And it was eating me up inside. My anxiety was killing me because it was just a couple streets over. But I, I and I wanted to see how the reaction, but I um you know I couldn't. So a couple a day or two. Yeah, maybe been the next day, or it might have been a couple of days later. I ride back down the street. And her grandfather's outside. And he stops me. And he's like, um, hey, are you the little boy who left that note out here for my granddaughter? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, she's going home. And don't you ever leave no note on my door no more. You don't do nothing like that. I don't remember the whole conversation. But I know he bashed me for leaving that note. So I left disappointed and heartbroken. But you know what I decided to do? I was going to write another note. Because I didn't like the way he disrespected me. <laughs> so I went home that night and I'm writing a note. And I wanted to call him, excuse my language, a motherfucker. But I didn't even know how to spell mother at the time. So I asked my mom, how do you spell mother? And she told me, I wrote it down. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, you know, nothing, just writing some stuff. So I wrote out, motherfucker, on the paper, that's it. And put it in the envelope, same way. And then the next morning, early that morning, I rolled by, ran up there, threw it on the porch, ran, got on my back, and dipped. Because in the kid's head, three streets over is like a whole nother country. What's the chances he's going to figure out where he doesn't know where I live, but what's the chances he's going to find me? I live a whole three streets over. I never have to go on that street again. That was my knowledge. That was, you know, my logic behind it, but nothing ever came up. He never told on me or confronted me about that again. But yeah, man, that was my first failed attempt at flirting, man. And it was, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. I tell you that right now, man. Do I got any more stories I can share with you? All right, I got one. One of my deepest, darkest secrets. And I know when my sister, she listens to the podcast. When she listens to this, she's going to crack herself up. When I was young, I was very imaginative, right? So what I would do is I would make up stories in my head. <clears throat> stories about my favorite cartoons or even sports, whatever. I would just make up these stories. I've always been a good, good at writing stories and telling stories. At least that's what I've been told. So I would make up these stories in my imagination. But in order to do it, I needed this clothespin. Yeah, clothespin. If you don't know what a clothespin is, Google it. 
it holds clothes on a clothesline. If you don't know what a clothesline is, you're probably too young to be listening to this show. So I had a clothespin and I broke it in half. I don't know how I discovered or what made me think to do this. I broke the clothespin in half and I twirled it between my two fingers. And for some reason, this like activated my brain and it it helped me. Like I couldn't do it without the clothespin. It wasn't. It just wouldn't work without the clothespin. Or I could do it, but it it just seemed better with the clothespin in my hand. So. How I would do it, though, I would go in the room, take all my clothes off. I'd be in my underwear, walking around, twirling this clothespin and making the noises because I had to have the sound effects to go along with the story. So just imagine walking in on a little kid in his underwear, twirling the clothespin, making noises. With a clothespin in his hand. In this day and age, they would have had me on some type of medication that said there was something wrong with me. But I was just a kid with an active imagination, and that's, you know, was my thing. So my sister, her friends used to all pick at me about this clothespin. My mom, she didn't have any problem with it. She probably thought it was weird, but she never told me she thought it was weird. She just let me do my thing, and I'd go in the room and close the door, and they just that was like a thing. Leave him alone while he's doing this thing. You know, that was kind of like my private time that I do that. So my sister, my my sister's closest in age to me, she has a mean streak. You know, she'll do some thing, things out of spite sometimes. Just, I guess it was just this silver, uh, sibling rivalry or whatever. So one day she decided she's going to throw away my clothespin. She threw away my clothespin. So... My mom tried to cover this fact, or either it might have been my older sister. One of them tried to act like they found the clothespin by giving me another clothespin. But I had handled that clothespin so much, I could tell it didn't feel right in my hand. See, I had several. I had like two of them, and, you know, of course I had my favorite. But the clothespin had to have a certain texture to it to my liking or it didn't work right so yeah man i was extremely upset about that clothespin and it took me forever to find a clothespin that was of equal quality for me to do my little imagination thing with man yeah y'all can laugh at me i don't care but thank y'all for tuning in to deville di the thoughts by deville di podcast and listening to my growing up deville episode like i say this is going to be the season finale so when we come back, I'm going to start, um, I'm going to get into moving down to Georgia, to, from Ohio, down to Valdosta, Georgia, and then we'll start telling you the tales of how I developed into the great and glorious man that I am today, growing up to Ville, D.I. Season 2 is on the way, man. Y'all come back 